welcome oh, to the yeah. Comedy Club podcast. It's We've got Podcast. Yes, Podcast. I'm Danny DeRosa. I'm Adam Sterling. And I am Vivian. Don't like my last name. All right. Well, Vivian, Vivian, don't like my last name. Um, how's it going today? I mean, it's Friday. I only have one class this morning, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. You know. I mean, as mediocre as it can get. As mediocre as it can get. Wow, that's that's a ringing endorsement <laughs> if I ever heard it. Uh, hey, did you try that Mexican food place? Yeah, it's as me- mediocre as it can get. Oh, great. I'll go try it right now. I got semi-charmed life by third eye blind stuck in my head, but now I'm thinking six out of ten life. Baby, and the baby. chorus is like, eight out of ten with rice. I don't want something else. <laughs> get me through this. Mediocre life. Mediocre is just the perfect word because you can't, like, you can't be disappointed. If someone tells you the movie was mediocre and then you go in and you're like, yeah, you're right, it was mediocre. I didn't hate it, I didn't love it. You just gotta hope for for the the best. It was like being dead for 90 minutes. Oh my. See, you just say it's mediocre. And then if you don't like it and someone else did like it, if you just tell them it's mediocre, they're not gonna be like, oh, what's wrong with you? It was totally amazing. (laughs) You can be like, I thought it was mediocre. And they'll be like, okay, that's fine. What about ochre? Oh, what I mean, if, unless what you're if, talking about anime, then they'll still hate you. What if ochre, ochre is mediocre? Ultra ochre, mediocre, kind yeah. of ochre. Sub-ochre. <laughs> Sub-ochre. Sub-ochre. Not to be confused with the color ochre, which is not to be confused with the color ochre, because that word has two fucking meanings. I hate that word. <laughs> or anti Ochre. It means like a dark reddish purple or like mustard yellow. Medioc- mediocre ochre. Medi- me- oh my god. Yeah, the word ochre <laughs> is mediocre. Uh, Do you know that language is capable of causing death through the sheer amount of anguish it causes when we're discussing it? Well, I have tried learning other languages, so... It's really hard. Yes. I have attempted two other languages. Ooh, what have you attempted? Uh, C. Actually, three other languages. C, which is a computer program language. Uh, JavaScript, <laughs> which is a computer program language. I hated uh, both of them. I only did it because it was required through college. I'm not a nerd. Um, and a nerd. <laughs> the uh, the it's other okay. one is Spanish. Guess which one is usable to me? <laughs> Definitely computer programming. Oh, Spanish. Actually, none of them because it sounds like you're not using any of them. Yeah, for yeah, real. Uh, I'll just you know what I'll go and just. Uh, no, don't. Disappear I know. What, I know what you're gonna say. No, don't do that. So, <laughs> languages are usually very funny. Like, what's up with palindromes? Why isn't the word palindrome a palindrome? So you have the word like Hannah. It's the same forwards as it is backwards in its spelling. Don't talk about Hannah like that. Why is palindrome not a palindrome? I feel like this is one of the many examples of why the English language is just nuts. Well, that's like the fear of words, right? I don't remember the actual word, but like the fear of words is or the fear of long words to specify is a really long word like whoever wrote that word down was like i'm gonna fuck with so many people right now they thought they were writing a word for german yeah it's just this crazy long welsh yeah like what's the point where like my family's basque right which really just means that we're pretentious and have a bunch of vowels like the texas of europe that's all that that means like there's no point in learning the language other than to keep it alive. Like, there, there's no point. Like no Gaelic? One, yeah, like, no one's going to bump into you on the street and be like, oh, do you speak Basque to get me out of this situation? Like, no one, no one knows. I, when I was a kid, 
I was the only Basque kid in my school. And, like, anytime you would tell someone that you were Basque, they'd be like, oh, I don't know what that is. And you're like, you know what, neither do I. It's fine. I'm just, uh, I'm something. It doesn't matter what I am. Hmm. Is Basque a lot like Spanish? Uh, it's its own. So it's not, like, derivative of any other language. So it's kind oh, of okay. like a Native American language where it's not like a so thing it's... that's from Latin roots or, like, Nordic roots, it's its own thing. But because it's in between Spain and France, everyone's like, oh, it's like Spanish, or it's like it's like French, right? Oh. And you're like, no, no, it's not. Okay. I'll check my privilege next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because isn't Basque Country split between Spain and France? And there's it's like in a, the middle of it, yeah. Yeah, because I actually want to go to Basque Country. There, there was like a whole independence movement thing that got it turned into a bit of a shit show like an ira kind of deal but yeah it's still it's still a thing (laughs) we like to hold our grudges (laughs) well we have a third person a fourth person i can count joining us here in uh the pahad cast room uh chris would you like to introduce yourself you just did did i with your full name Uh, yeah introduce yourself (laughs) with your full name oh well then uh... welcome Christopher Hansen, not from Dateline NBC. Not from Dateline. <laughs> it's an important clarifier. I see you have a burrito. Yeah, he's, he's eating a burrito right now. It's true. So he's not the same kind of predator catching dude as the guy from Dateline, but it's pretty similar. Like burritos, pedophiles, I mean, not too big a difference. Do you think that because we have a burrito that, like, Nerdist will hunt us down and be like, that's copyright infringement. You yes. Can't, you can't see a burrito or use a burrito or say the word burrito yeah, without but, listening to our podcast. But Chris Hardwick has a super free love attitude with <laughs> copyrights. Like, he, he, he got really pissed off at Nintendo, for example, when they were taking down all those fan-made games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Hardwick was like, it only helps you. Why are you doing this? So he would probably... Praise us for having a burrito in our show. I just think it would be funny if we were, like, just casually all having, like, breakfast burritos, and he just comes out of the shadows, like... It's an alleged burrito. <laughs> it's an alleged Oh, burrito. the alleged burrito. Alleged burrito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have no proof it's not court admissible. All we have to work with is an audio recording of just his mouth noises chewing it. Careful, there That'd be a are... a good uh... name for a podcast. Like, I'll probably start a podcast when I graduate and move away, and I'll probably call it Mouth Noises. What, what? So, right? I don't know what else. What, what were we supposed to talk about? We're not supposed today? to talk about anything. We're supposed to be hilarious. Oh, the, the... <laughs> no pressure, guys. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh man. Uh, so the the topic that we got pretty far with last night at the comedy club meeting was um, it was like uh, how do you deal with annoying interpersonal relationships? I think was the topic. Oh, yeah, we were talking yeah, about, like... Yeah, we were riffing on that pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what we were talking about was, specifically for the female gender, was... <laughs> that was great. Girls <laughs> complaining about guys, um, and then I'm like, I'm Not necessarily <laughs> complaining, but, like, okay, specifically as a personal story, right? So, two of these people know this, but, um, like, I have a, a friend from a few classes that, mm-hmm. like, we became buddies. We have multiple classes together, right? And so then he started sitting next to me and talking to me, like, in between classes. And I was like, okay, I'm a nerdy kid, so I don't know what signals look like. But this is... No one does. They're yeah, a made-up concept. We're just gonna, like, <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna sit here and whatever happens, like, it's chill, right? So then, like, two weeks goes by, 
and he starts like sending snapchats of me to other people and i was like this definitely has to be a signal right like there's no way that it's not oh he a likes signal. you he's taking right. pictures without your you're consent like, and yeah, sending them you know, to people he's being <laughs> he weird, likes you it's being uncomfortable wait are we talking about flirting signals or other yeah kind? yeah oh, oh okay oh yeah yeah not like i mean uh, he might murder i was gonna make a, like... <laughs> i was gonna make a joke about the movie smoke signals and then i remember just how bored i got watching that movie <laughs> so oh fuck you <laughs> so anyway he like is doing all this stuff right and then a week goes by and it's like a wednesday before our journalism class and he gets up and he starts to leave and he's like i'll be right back and he takes his stuff and i was like okay like i don't need to know your whereabouts but like whatever and then as he started leaving i'm like it's weird that i don't ask him where he's going right so i was like where are you going and he's like oh i just need to go to talk to my girlfriend for 10 seconds and i was like well, that's cool. Like, you Does have your a, girlfriend know girlfriend that you've been stalking and, like, other women? You have a girlfriend, and uh, I don't remember your first name, and like everything's fine. And I thought this I, like, was an exclusive what relationship. Is, what is yeah. big of a deal You're supposed to follow that, me around. <laughs> See, that's what, what we were talking about. Like, what if it was a girl that was doing that, and it was a dude? Like, what if the roles were no, reversed? No, I mean, like, if you were, well, a dude, then it's considered adorable. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It it'd probably be way more casual. Yeah, yeah. yeah, our brains melt too much when at well, least at least in the but, the closeted um, like female gender that doesn't go outside or party or do anything. It's like all they could do is bump your shoulder, and then you're like, "Oh, we're gonna have eight children." And <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Utah with you. Yeah. <laughs> Like God, <laughs> but that's what, like a good point. Even if it was like, even if the roles were reversed, right? So like, what if a girl did that and you were the dude, like you were oh, sitting yeah. like, on the wall and the girl was like totally talking to you and like taking pictures with you and stuff, mm. and then like a mm. week later she's like, oh, I just need to go see my boyfriend for five seconds. That would suck. That right. happened to me at a bonfire. Like, oh, me too. I, uh, back before I knew that bonfires are terrible. Um, well, you're I, not supposed to jump into the flames. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it a sec. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I was like being we're I, I, like this one gal and I were drunk and we were like flirting and stuff, and then I was like, hey, you want to go get lunch sometime? Like we really liked each other when we were drunk, and she just said, oh no, I uh, I, I got a boyfriend and just like, I okay, feel like. like <laughs> All right. I feel like if the roles were reversed, there's a lot of physical contact. And you got a boyfriend. I feel like when away. the roles are reversed, it's like creepier for some reason. You know, like if oh, a girl yeah. for some reason was like flirting with a dude, but it ended up not being flirting. It was just like a friendly conversation. Yeah. And then the guy told his friend, like, "Oh, I totally thought this girl was into me." Or like if he had a girl who was a friend, and he was yeah. like, "I thought this girl was into me," she'd be like, "Ew." You're disgusting. Like, you automatically assume girls are into you. Like, like Catch-22. Yeah. It's everyone trying to blame everyone. Yeah. Everyone but themselves. But, like... That's if, part of it. I don't know. I just thought that was uh, really weird that, like... Uh, it, it, I mean, in, in really vague... Um, in really vague cultural terms, there is this long-standing habit in most cultures where we act like only guys can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So when girls do a creepy thing, it's considered like adorable. Like you tell your guys, like, oh, I dated this crazy chick. And then when guys do it, Donald Glover had a funny bit about this. Uh, but when guys do it, people get more scared, even though in neither case it's acceptable to stalk someone or it's, be creepy. Yeah. It, but we put up with it from one end and not the other... Well, yeah, I think that comes assume... down to each 
person, and everyone's responsible yeah. for standing up for themselves or or not being a creep. Just yeah, but it's just like I'm the overlaying I'm assumptions I'm that women are prey, men are predators. Right. And, yeah, well, I'm speaking. Default, I'm you know? speaking super so, generally. Like yeah. when you're talking about like yeah. prey and predators, that's a lot like this John Mulaney bit where he always talks about how he doesn't feel like he's like a masculine guy. Well, and yeah. This was in like his first special, and he's talking about how he's walking through the subway tunnel, and like there's a girl in front of him. And she starts speeding up. Yeah. And so he thought, oh, she hears the train coming. And so he starts speeding up. And he doesn't realize that she <laughs> thinks he's chasing her. Oh, no. And so he then, doesn't see himself as scary. Right. He doesn't. Oh. He's like, and then he t- he tells the audience, he's like, oh, I'm not a rapist. Like, that's exactly what a rapist would say. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't worry. I'm not going to rape you. Yeah. <laughs> and it just terrifies her. The culture is terrible. There's... Like, yeah. rape culture is a thing, and yeah. I think that guys who are not, you know, predators can, you know, pick up a role of, like, teaching other guys to not be douchebags. Right. Yeah. And, you know, because it can't be just women being like, you know, you should stop doing this, because it comes off as just... It do, I feel like it doesn't always have the same impact. I'm being very general, too. Well, because I, I hung out... Um, oh, what, oh, no, go ahead. Dude, you're knitting. That's fucking awesome. You just noticed this? Yeah, oh, I wasn't looking at you. big-ass rainbow, like... That's fucking okay. cool. We're having a deep conversation about gender roles, and then you got like, Chris Hansen. You know what? My hands need to be doing something so I can think. Knitting know? better okay. than I could knit, so this there's your gender roles for you. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean... That's <laughs> that's just cool. Yeah. Do you make, like, like scarves and hats and stuff? I do. I that's do. Awesome. I have a lot of scarves. I recently made a very... Um, brightly colored, like, uh, Skittlesy sort of rainbow Ooh. scarf or whatever. Skittles oh, rainbow yeah. instead of like, just the regular rainbow. Feel Skittles the rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Feel and, the rainbow. <laughs> I do. Like, a ton of people <laughs> wanted to buy it off me because I, like, you know, I snapped about it. I was like, the gayest thing about this scarf is I knitted it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Not the fact that it's knitted. <laughs> and... I need to, I, I'm going to make another one. I'm going to, like, put a pocket in it so I can put in a bag of Skittles and, like, a, like a, nice. if they had Skittles-flavored yes. condom, that shit would be, like, pride parade ready. <laughs> yeah. Because you have, have, like, a that. specific little wallet thing, like, women have for tampons sometimes, <laughs> but for Skittles. Yeah. Have put in a scarf. A rainbow <laughs> have you seen gay man knitted scarf. What? Wait, wait. Yeah. Have you seen, like, Just... women carry tampons before? Yeah. There's okay. no secret pocket. If there was a secret pocket, we'd all be much less embarrassed than we usually Wait, are. Wait, well, no, I got this because, seriously, the the one case where I, I thought that that was a thing, because I guess it's not a thing. No, women it's, are not telling a it's not a thing. Uh, my mom asked me to get her wallet out of her purse, and I was like, here's your wallet, and I opened it up, and I was like, that's not money. Oh, she put like it she'd put it yeah. in like a coin purse. Okay. Yeah, because she she's used... a nurse, so her right. purse sits in a locker room So she used so like she has a, separate a bag for a different purse purpose for yeah. the hiding of feminine products. Yeah. Well, that way she, because I think when she goes to work she takes a backpack now instead of using a purse, mm-hmm. so this way she can instantly transfer everything from her purse See, to her backpack. that's like the one invention that hasn't been made yet that needs to be made. Like a special well, pocket has. on jeans that's like, huh. Extra like extra long like a and tactical vest like, with feminine yeah. hygiene products. Or like we, could, we like, could just like stop being afraid of them because yeah. it's just natural and it doesn't matter. But like the the worst part, uh, especially I don't like, want to see a nasty ass like tissues and stuff all oh, crumpled no. up and all over the place. No, yeah. no, I mean like, like well, when you're in high school, like poop. <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> 
not yeah. saying like we not, all poop and yeah. we get rid of it. So like when yeah. you're in high school, right, and a, like a girl's in the class, right, and she takes out her her backpack, mm-hmm. right, she doesn't want to take out like a single thing because then everyone knows what's happening. And then no. the one douchebag teacher has to be like, "What are you doing?" And you're like. Uh. Oh. I'm ditching I school just... forever. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Just like, oh, I'm being a... T- That's my teenage girl voice. Uh, I'm being a teenage girl. It's very accurate. Yeah. Actively or passively, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you mean. <laughs> yeah. I only kind of know. Yeah. And it's like, like, it would be hypocritical of me, a guy... Uh, to go, ew, icky, when women talk about feminine hygiene stuff because I poop. And that's way grosser than... Well, so do they. <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> no, no, they just they have this an entire different two well, shit. Girls, <laughs> don't, <laughs> girls don't poop. <laughs> oh, it no, doesn't happen. It never happens. It's true. The only thing we yeah. do is just bleed from our eyes. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I thought women were like snakes. Oh, yeah? It's like, like, it goes in and out the same hole. So you're just like, uh, can I use your bathroom? Go to the bathroom. And every just, uh, hamster comes every out middle school the boy listening to this going through puberty, that's worms. not what happens. <laughs> yeah. Don't Getting listen your long, to them. skinny animals. Everybody just up. take a trip to Planned Parenthood. Get this stuff straightened <laughs> out. Don't listen to us. Yeah. Um, We're not medical professionals. It, you know, like, it's it. keep in mind, this is not I'm something that women can control. You know, as as much as we would love to not have this happen, uh, yeah. trust me. You yeah, know, it's real. just a thing that happens. Figure out what it is, make it not gross, and laugh about it. Yeah, because so, what the hell? <laughs> gender role, right? Gender role wise, because we have two of each. Yeah, maybe. Sort of. I I count maybe. as a half. Okay. I'm kind of two and one and a half, or two and a half. <laughs> I mean, never one. assume. You, you count as something that Republicans fucking hate. What? Oh, snap. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this wasn't the point of this question. I'm a four-tier let, 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 her, okay. let her finish. Let her finish. What, what is so, your question? Okay. Four-tier, maximum so power level. So we have different, level, different areas of comedy, why, like, it, there's gender roles, gender di- differences in comedy, for sure. Yes. So, like, it, was it different for Adam or Chris or Danny? Like, how are you guys into comedy differently? Because I would say, mm. for me... As a woman, it was different. For some reason, the first like, the first thing I ever watched as a kid that got me into comedy was a Groucho Marx movie, which is like super old. Oh wow! But it was a male, and then after that, I figured out like who Lorraine Newman was, and like all these people that were the original cast of SNL, and I was like, oh man, there's a lot of women. When woman, just one. A lot of women. <laughs> there's a lot of women. <laughs> one woman, many times, yes. and her name was Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> That's a really good question, and, yeah, and like, I think that in any field that's been primarily, you know, most things have been first and foremost driven by males. Um, yeah. You know, like, women have to make their own way. Um, like, what was the first thing that you watched that you were like, this is funny, like, I get the humor, or like, oh, I'm man. into it? That was by a woman, you mean? Just in general, it doesn't have oh, to be. Because oh. I find it interesting, like, when you read these, like, famous comedians in their autobiographies, and they're like, the first person I ever saw was, like, Candace Bergen. And I was like, that's cool that the first girl you ever saw was a woman, but, like, 
usually the first first person see, I ever woman. saw was a dude. Like the first yeah. comedian I ever saw was a guy. Yeah, definitely. So. I I I can't remember the original, but I always loved Pink Panther movies. Oh, and, Peter uh, Sellers. Peter Sellers and you know Woody Allen, Jim Carrey. Really? Um, and then you know later on I saw Scarlett Johansson and stuff. You know she did Scoop, and mm-hmm. which was, you know Woody Allen was in that too. Um, so yeah, it was first and foremost I think guys. Um, you know I think that my uncle and my dad really introduced me to comedy. They were always just being ridiculous and always making jokes. Right. So. So it kind of started at home, but either way, it seems that it like the first impression was from a guy. Yeah. So like Adam, like was your first impression from like a comedy, like a stand-up guy, or um, like. It was my own family's dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like, just this really, like, very, like, uh, oh, shit. Okay, now I'm close enough to the mic. <laughs> it was very, like, deadpan, grisly sense of humor. Because uh, uh, my my dad, uh, while I was growing up, was a police officer. He's retired now. My mom was a nurse. So they both had, like, a really irreverent oh. view of humans because they saw humans open a lot, uh, literally. So, and they, they only saw people um, in, like, just the, on the basically the worst days of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, in order to deal with that, you have to have, like, a, a sense of humor that matches. So they're both they both have really dry senses of humor. They introduced me to Monty Python. Nice. Because uh, my dad owns all the DVDs for that. Uh, Monty Mine's Python is yeah weird thing, guys. Fun fact about cops: they love Monty Python, <laughs> uh, and it's one of the reasons why I got became a big fan of the Coen Brothers is because their sense of humor really lined up with this gallows humor that I got from my parents. So really, it was, it was my parents just having a dry attitude about all this stuff because my dad. Uh, told us gross stories from uh, his work, and I was like, wait, you mean that disgusting cadaver story you told us that started out as a person? Yeah. (laughs) So I've always had, just nailed into my head from a very early age, I've I've just had this really irreverent and borderline nihilistic view about people. Like, I don't really hold them in high esteem, (laughs) which helps with main comedy. What about you, Chris? What, like, uh, first comedian stuff? Yeah. So we listen to, like, a lot of uh, comedy, like, on blue-collar radio, and, um, like, my dad had some on tapes and stuff, so when I was, um, oh, look at that, (laughs) Um, (laughs) let's see, like, we listen to a lot of stand-up guys, like uh, Brian Regan, Pablo Francisco, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, some older ones too, like Flip Wilson. Um, so a lot of the stuff that you listen to is like blue collar, but it was still. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of. Um, it was mostly like radio. Like I didn't see stand-up comedians standing up there talking to the mic for a while, I guess, because we didn't have much in like the watching TV department, mm-hmm. anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah, like and. I was always, like, trying to be class clown or whatever when I was a kid, and that's kind of weird for, like, girls. Um, and What do you mean? Okay, so, like, this is one of the, one of the tiers of queer here. Um, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So I did grow up a girl, mostly, at least. 
well, 18 was when I bugged out. So, yeah, grew up a girl. And that, so I kind of got that point of view, I suppose. But, yeah, trying to be a class clown as a girl seems a little bit out of place. However, you can get away with a little bit more because you're seen as a little bit more harmless. Um, I, 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 I did a lot like of a, bad shit. That I, sounds like well, a shitload of fun. That makes sense, <laughs> yeah. though, because, like, like, not to cut you off, but, like, that you always hear a guy was like, I always am looking for a girl with a sense of humor. But, yeah. like, then if it's actually a funny, like, a girl who is funny. Oh, yeah, you can't then, show them up. Yeah, they don't <laughs> yeah. like you anymore. And then you're like, okay, I thought you said sense of humor, but that's cool. Uh, like, you have to yeah. get his jokes, not Yeah, give him yeah, jokes. you have to giggle yeah. like you think it's funny, even though it's not. Yeah, and I was, like, most, I, I suppose I wasn't really too into, like, uh, dating and stuff like that, but I imagine that might have been part of why no one really ever saw me as a love interest because i was always like head of comedy in whatever group of people yeah that were around. I, was, I was always the one who was trying to get the most laughs because that's how i like measured my self-worth and everything so yeah you know that's how you do it i really like this question of who are some of the first comedians you guys saw and what are what are the differences uh between uh men and women comedians and uh, one thing that I would find interesting that I'm surprised I haven't looked up yet is, um, you know, there are LGBTQA plus um, comedians and they're not they're not huge on the scene as far as I know, because I know there's I can't I'm, I'm a terrible person. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Of course, there's oh, Ellen yeah, DeGeneres and Ellen is, of Gen course, podcast. the queen of everything. Um, oh yeah, no, she's, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people could think of her, well, as far as I've heard, uh, think of her as a bit of a token, practically, because I was like, oh, Ellen, end of the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also have, like, um, Eddie Izzard, who's yes. done multiple oh, shows around, no, no, he's, he's just oh. yeah, oh. so, and he started in, like, what, the late 80s? He used to be a street performer, and yeah. then he started stand-up in the late 80s, so, like, not to say that the LGBTQA plus community has it easier, but, like, I'm sure the late 80s were a bit rougher than they are <laughs> yeah. now, especially oh, yeah. in the entertainment industry, and um, he's done stuff, like, in bilingual. He's gone to France and done, like, an bilingual. hour in he's English. He's sixth language. I know. Well, like, he, the very first show that he did... Um, he did in France. It was like an hour of English and then an hour in French. Yeah, when, That's I, pretty cool. when I saw him in Vegas performing at the Palms, he's the first comedian I ever saw in person. He was like the first one. I was like, I'm gonna pay eighty five dollars for that. Um, is he funny? Oh, Eddie dude, he's Izzard. my favorite. Okay. He's like one of my favorites. I'll check out his Maybe because I consider him so fondly. He was like my role model for a long time. But uh, no, he did. He has a thing where he will do his, uh, you know, his spiel or whatever, and then. At some point, he'll do it in a different language. At the Palms, when I saw him, he did it in German. But it's the same bit that he did earlier, just in a different right. language. And yeah. everyone's, you know, laughing like, oh, my God, I know what he's saying, despite the fact that right. it's it just in sounds German. Funnier. You know? yeah. yeah, and he does huh. that in French a lot. I haven't seen him do it in any other languages lately. He probably knows Spanish. He, he grew Maybe. up in... Yeah. If he's a polylingual yeah. American, he probably picked up spanish he's not american somewhere. he's British. Oh. i'm gonna get this wrong but no, i, I think that he grew up in israel until he was 12 
um, somewhere in Southwest Asia or North Africa. I want to say it's Israel, but I'm probably wrong. You're all over the place. Where, where is this? Yeah. Well, well, like like Freddie Mercury was all over the place growing up. Well, <laughs> so he had lived there until he was, uh, I think he said he was eight. And so he does do, like you said, he's on like a sixth or seventh language at this point. He's just kind of doing his thing. But I think it's really cool that like, first he had to get over the one hurdle and then he's like, I'm not going to do my bits in English. I'm also going to do them in different languages. So, like... Because he was also bilingual. He was bilingual in France mm-hmm. when he, you know... French, when he went France, into his thing. French when he started up. So, yeah. And, and he's uh, really into that, like, uh, social politics, sort of international kind of thing. That's why he's running for... Um, member of parliament now or if he's still thinking london mayor yeah but he's gonna be running in 2020 yeah i thought that was super cool too because like there's always movies or something or like in america at least colbert and stewart are like a huge thing because they ran for president in south carolina is what colbert did so everyone's like i'd vote for him for president which (laughs) everyone says that but like especially now in this political climate everyone's like oh a celebrity can't be president and then like i think of course they can yeah I so mean, like, yeah. Reagan proved that. Oh, honestly, and now, yeah, I, I, and now the latter. I'd vote for a president right now that feels better than putting a 30, 32 ACP through my head. So, you know, <laughs> just. If it's not like that, I'll you get my vote. Yeah. It's I just, like, I do not hate black people. Like, whoa, that's an improvement. <laughs> Here's my vote. Yeah. I think it's, I just, like, you were saying he, I think it was like two years ago or something, two mm-hmm. or three year that, years ago that he was citing to run for mayor of London. Oh, yeah, he announced it quite some time ago. I mean, yeah. I remember being a little kid, like, young Yeah, he was talking about I was about in middle it, yeah. school, and I was thinking, man, I gotta become a citizen of freaking, like, yeah. Great Britain so I could vote for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's he's got that Monty Python style. They've called him the oh, okay. Lost Python. Yeah. Oh, okay. for that reason, I probably like yeah, him then. Yeah. Monty Python is my jam. He's really yeah, me too. His uh-huh. the very first thing I heard of his um, was like a, a recording, and it was he did this bit about um, Darth Vader. If you like, you never see a scene in Star Wars of like the canteen on the Death Star. And oh, so okay. yeah, the shows, Death Star like, canteen. Yeah, yes. and so he talks about how, like, if Darth Vader went to the lunchroom and got, like, <laughs> he's like, I want some penne, and they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Darth, I'm the Dark Lord. And he's like, and he's like, I'm your boss. And he's like, oh, no, Steve's my boss. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no, Mr. I'm Stevens. the boss of Steve. Like, like <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just this whole... Who the hell is Mr. Oh, Stevens? Oh, he's head of catering. <laughs> yeah, like, this oh huge God. thing. But all of his stuff is very, like... It's very Python, but sometimes it also makes me think of, like, Seinfeld a little bit, where it's very observational. Like, he talks about toasters and how, like, the temperature change from one number to another is so drastic. Like, Uh, what is the point? SNL. SNL recently did a sketch that was probably aping off of that. They did, uh, well, recently oh, it was... they did, like, Undercover Boss. Yeah, like they were spoofing yeah. that show, Undercover Boss, and it was a lot like what oh, you're yeah, describing. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, oh, it was the Adam Driver episode, and Adam Driver is pretty good at dry comedy uh, yeah. because he's a dramatic actor who doesn't take himself seriously. But uh, it, the only time I had heard of Eddie Izzard before you guys started talking about him, because I don't research stuff, 
um, was on Harmon Quest that had Kumail Nanjiani as uh, a guest on there, and he was playing uh, the, the guests play side characters on that show in their dandy campaign. It, it's pretty cool. I love it. But uh, Kumail Nanjiani was playing a lizard person janitor, and they walked over. Hello, lizard person janitor. What's your name? Oh, I'm Eddie Lizard. No. And I laughed at that because I knew that Eddie Izzard was a name, but I didn't know who Eddie Izzard was. I thought oh he was God. a musician for some reason. Funny he enough. Sounds like a, um, he sounds like a rock star. That's what the name sounds he like. He is actually, yeah. you know, a bit of a rock star. Have yeah. you ever seen Across the Universe? No. Um, yeah. No? I have seen it. But he's like, yeah, you're right, though. He's yeah. played, like, Madison Square Garden, like, massive crowds. And so he's like the rock star attitude. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Plus, he's actually a lizard. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, he can well, take I mean, a human form. Everyone but... who's powerful is a part of the reptilian elite, especially yeah, the like Clintons. Hillary, yes. yeah. Speaking of British lizards, just to go Donald? back to this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we'll get to that part, but there's this movie, um, and I really wish I could remember what it's called right now. It It's on Netflix, and I didn't see any advertising for it or anything, because I'm pretty sure it's a UK production. But Monty Python um, voices, like, five aliens that control, <gasps> like, the fate of the universe. Oh, gosh. And so they think about destroying Earth, and they're like, It's like a Douglas give... Adams novel. Kind of. It is, kind yes. of. So they think about destroying Earth, and they say, let's give a human, like, the power to do anything. Oh, and let's man. see what they do with that power for 42 hours or something like that. And then um, we'll... Depending on that, we'll see if we should destroy Earth or not. <laughs> and so they end up giving it to um, Simon Pegg. Yes. And Simon Pegg is a high school teacher, and um, it's called Absolutely Anything. That's what it's called. Um, so okay. he's a high school teacher, and what happens is he flicks his hand. He says, like, I want to be the smartest guy. And then he flicks his hand, and he Stress. turns into Albert Einstein, like, Stars Simon looks, Pegg and Kate Beckinsale. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, so that's the female. Mm. Yeah, so it's Metascore this, hated it. This great, but you like, like it. So super weird movie. But Python voices these aliens that give him this power, and it's very like Python, where they're just like sitting down at a table and they're like super dialogue heavy. Yeah, and so what happens is cool. they have like this weird language, right? But when they're focused on Earth, they decide to use all the characteristics of Earth because for some reason okay. I kind of missed that plot point, but. So they, they start speaking English, but they don't realize that the names they've given each other are names for females and not males. <laughs> so they're all called, like, Susan and Patricia <laughs> and, like, all this stuff. But they're really, like, disgusting, like, male aliens. Well, it's very weird. That's gender bending has always been a thing with Monty Python. Absolutely. Yeah. A big source of their comedy is, like, they just have men pretending to be women. Oh, Michael yeah. Palin. Yes. And they, they actually occasionally had women pretending to be men as a comedic device. When? Uh, Life of Brian. Yeah. He's like, yeah. no women are allowed in the stoning <laughs> crowd. Yeah. And it's just, you're all men, aren't you? And it's obviously a bunch of women with beards, uh, with fake beards, really bad fake beards, and yeah. they're all throwing the rocks at this person. Yeah, and really squealy voices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're all guys playing girls playing guys, pretty much. Yeah, well, because they have well, no, guys with fake that. beards and eyeliner. Actually, I think yeah. I think they actually had actresses for that part. Yeah, they had actresses. That, for a so, while, there was yeah. an actress on Monty Python, and they used her for shock comedy. Right. Um... <laughs> But, like, they they did one sketch where I think the only twist was she was, like, a clerk at a store, and the only twist was she was topless, and everyone just acted like nothing was different. <laughs> and which is, like, the, just the concept, the fact that they made that a thing is kind of funny. <laughs> Monty Python did love boobs. 
Yeah. That's very I true. I mean, yeah. Come on. I was just saying, Michael Palin is the ex leper in Life of Brian. Is like the best role of cinematic history. Like oh. he's all like sweaty and glistening, and he has this weird like jump thing. <laughs> and then he's like asking for like favors. He's asking for money from uh, Brian and his mom, and he's like. You have to give money to an ex leper. He's like, it's really hard to beg now that I'm not a leper anymore. <laughs> it's just this homie about the weirdest thing. It's like the weirdest character, but it's like the best character at the same time. Um, fun fact about Monty Python: uh, John Cleese is working again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's doing voice work for video games. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just did something else too. I think he did like um movie or something he was q in one of the james bond movies which that was still a long melts time ago my brain. Oh, I, I know yeah. but I why is that. john cleese q yeah, it's like, like you know how you make exposition better have john cleese say just it. like why is dan Aykroyd in an indiana joint an indiana jones movie yeah. wait which indiana one joins. <laughs> yeah, indiana joins indiana joins hard boiled detective yeah we got indiana jones up in here Hard-boiled archaeologist. <laughs> no, archaeologist. He's a professor by day. I'm just picturing the Indiana Jones soundtrack, but with saxophone now, and he's like running along the top of a train wearing a trench coat and beating up criminals like, and smoking a lot. Like a coffee talk SNL sketch, but with Indiana Jones. So he's talking about Barbara Walters, but he's like dressed as Indiana Jones. Like, welcome to coffee talk. Like, I'm Indiana Jones. Like, I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm here to talk about the kingdom of the crystal skull. <laughs> God, that was awful. Oh, that fucking movie. So oh, sad. I'm best, sorry I ruined everyone's day. The best part was the fridge thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was outrageous and difficult to believe, but it yeah. was the most entertaining part. Yeah. That and the crappy CG ants eating, um... I was about to say the ant eating, uh, poop. The, <laughs> the worst yeah. part's the only part I remember. Yeah. Like this. They should make a, a Money Python video game. And then just That'd like, great. it would but just be, be a like lot of in like in their movies, so it'd be like, like you and Holy Grail, yes. or like you and Life of Brian. Oh, yes. dude, could great. you guys imagine? Escape from okay, Winsdale. do you guys know who? <laughs> do you guys know who Obsidian Studios is? They're a really famous RPG studio. They, no. They've made a lot of the best role playing games in history. So um, Obsidian, they're the people to make like a really high quality role playing game. Imagine Obsidian developing the game, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone writing it. And it's set in Discworld. Oh, God. I would poop my pants oh, laughing. Because Discworld is basically oh, if Monty Python or Douglas Adams made a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Discworld is, <laughs> Discworld is awesome. I've only read The Color of Magic from Discworld. And that was just, yeah. that was great. I, I, I have a... I have Monstrous Regiment. I haven't read that yet. I'm I'm um I'm like thirty pages into that and it's excellent. Monstrous Regiment. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprisingly just this is the world. That we're in. I, I'm pumped to read it because it's it's great. It's a comedy book about war. I've heard that that's a a good one to start with because it really doesn't relate to any of the other books. It's okay. kind of in its own world. So if you want to get a taste of Pratchett's writing. But you know, not dive too deeply into that giant world of Discworld yet. Yeah. But have you read the um, um, Pratchett and Neil Gaiman? What they did together? No, but that sounds glorious. Neil Gaiman's yeah. a great dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I need to read more Neil Gaiman. I need to read more Stephen King. Right now, I'm getting caught up to my brother in books. I, I've read a shitload of Dan Abnett. Uh, Dan Abnett's a British writer. He writes for the Black Library. Uh, he's actually most famous in America for writing a whole bunch of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he made Rec- Rocket Raccoon. 
But uh, a, a lot of people don't know who Dan Abnett is. This. But I, I don't know if he created that character. I just know that he wrote a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. Douglas Adams, what you were talking about, Douglas Adams. Oh I always yeah. get irritated when people are like, I tried to read the first <laughs> book and I couldn't do it. And I'm like, I read all those books. Like, oh. Restaurant at the End of the Universe. I, I like, stole the collector's edition, edition that's like this leather bound yeah. copy from oh. uh, With the gold. My dad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gold yeah, yeah. Leaf exactly. pages. I had that one. That's great. It's beautiful. Oh. And then also, like, uh, have you all read, like, anything else by Douglas Adams? Like, The Salmon of Doubt, which was published posth- uh, posthumously? Mm-hmm. That right, is, that yes. Really yeah. I haven't read that. Oh, you guys like are so much cooler musings. than me. Like, I've, I've only made it to book three in, in uh, uh, Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker's Guide. I've only read the first two them. in Hitchhiker's. I love it, and I have no excuse to not continue reading, because yeah. it fills yeah. my life with joy, but... They're super weird. Like, I can hear yeah. why people don't ever finish the first one, but also I'm like, well, you there's... have to. There's no way not to. We well, won't it's, be friends. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's, they're, they're very niche books, because yeah. the plot... What plot? Yeah, most yeah, people, pretty much. Yeah. Most, yeah. Like, like, most people require a plot, like, this leads to this leads to this, to, you know pull them along through a book in order to finish it, which is why, like, that's a big thing in screenwriting, which I'm into, is, uh, like, you have to have a big plot, and movies that don't have that, like Donnie Darko, Mm. tend to be doomed to get critical acclaim and no money, which one matters more. Mm. Uh, That's a question we'll never answer, but, like, like, like Douglas Adams, like, his his books, the, the two that I've read, which are the first two Hitchhiker's books, like, they have no plot, but I found yeah. them. I found the dialogue so fun that I just put up with the lack it's of plot. It's kind of the point of it. It's just like yeah. a collection of stuff yeah. Doug was thinking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's like a, it's like a podcast almost. A towel where you can just taste various flavors. Like this side is bacon. Like this this <laughs> yeah. stripe is uh, this stripe is bacon. Yeah. Here, you want to try some? That <laughs> he just sucks on when he's nervous. Like, now I'm a sofa. Oh, I'm a sofa too. Like. Just, yeah, the rugby game. And like, <laughs> the movie that they get them did, some gin and tonics. People are so torn about the movie of Hitchhikers because oh, I some saw that when I was like, little. It's nothing like it. And I it's, see, I was lucky. I started with the movie, right. so I had no expectation going right. into it. I, see, I really liked it. Yeah, I was the same. Zaphod has one head. Right, but I he's played by Sam Rockwell. Technically, got two in the yeah, movie. Yeah, in the movie, oh. he just loses one from a bed. Oh, mm. yeah, I saw the movie like over a decade ago. Yeah, see, I started with the movie first too, and I think, I mean, they're not similar, but there's no way that there's ever gonna be a movie yeah. that's gonna yeah. match the book. I, that's why I always hate when people go and see a movie and they're like, "Oh, it's not like the book." It's like, mm-hmm. well, the movie's 120 minutes, and the book could be as long as you want it to be. Yeah. So, like, there's no. Yeah. There's no reason for it to be similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing with adapting a book to a movie is don't capture specific details. Capture the feelings that it elicits. Like with Lord of the Rings, they hacked out most of the content, but they captured the feeling that the books gave you. Mm-hmm. But they did it through a different medium, you know, like like they replaced certain descriptions with big sweeping shots, mm-hmm. but it instills the same sense of scale and wonder and adventure. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you got to keep when you're translating a book to screen is 
the feeling, because that's all that matters about art. That's the only way art can ever matter is the, the feelings that it elicits in people. Yeah, you just gotta so capture that. You gotta be open to it. You know, like make sure you still have your Mithril on and everything. But you know, you gotta be open to the new. Is that how it's pronounced? Interpretation. Mithril. Yeah. Mithril. Mithril. Well, like, and with Lord of the Rings specifically, like, a lot of people hate Tolkien but love the movies because they yeah. just think that Tolkien, like, it took him forever to describe, like, hills. It took I don't, 62 the pages to get yeah. out of the I, I enjoyed yeah. The Hobbit, but I don't really like his style of writing. Yeah. But I super, I I love the shit out of the movies, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the movies weren't perfect, but there is nothing like them. Yeah. I have tried to find stuff like them, and people, it doesn't yeah. exist. People keep trying to make stuff like it. but And it usually yeah. sucks because they don't have yeah. a message. It was really just the beginning of a genre, just the yeah. beginning of... I think, like... Um... All right, so kind of to... Because we didn't really finish our first topic, so, like, not necessarily gender roles, but, like, what's the first thing you guys heard outside of your family or, like, mm-hmm. read or watched or something that you were, like... And it doesn't have to be, like, when you were a kid. It can be, like, when you were a freshman in college. You're like, this is definitely, like, something I'm totally into, like... Mm. Comedy-wise? Yeah. Um, like, an author or, like, a singer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's not really comedy, but... So maybe we shouldn't go down that road. But go I got really into Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Yeah. And That's one with the... Yeah, the polar bears. They made it into a movie, which again, I am one of those people who's like, ah, the movie. You know, you got to read the books. They're a lot deeper. Thought that book was like solid. Oh, we were warned against it in school. We had like an assembly and shit like that. Parents don't. Don't let your kids see this oh, movie, yeah. The Golden Compass. It was written by this madman oh, who's an that. atheist and eats children or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eats children. Yeah. Oh, my parents were like kind of scratching their heads and they were trying to get me confirmed in the Catholic oh, Church. Like, yeah. and I started reading those and I'm like, hell no, <laughs> no. And I'm like 13, 14 years old. I'm like, was, I don't wanna. That was kind of the same thing. Like, I remember <laughs> when my brother, my aunt, um, bought us the first book of Harry Potter to share. Mm-hmm. And he was probably like 13. And my mom didn't know what Harry Potter was at the time because oh, they had boy. just come out. So it was not <laughs> ultra famous yet. Yeah. And so she just heard that it was about like this kid and this magic and stuff. So she thought it was like hardcore, like rated R material. Uh. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's about a 12 year old kid that goes to a magic school. Yeah. Like, I think it's fine. Oh, man. Yeah. Like the. I went to, like, super religious elementary and middle school, mm-hmm. so things like Harry Potter were banned. Right. Um, the elementary school was actually worse. They they actually didn't allow um, talking about other religions and stuff like that, so Greek mythology totally out. Right. Because, you, you know, if, if someone, if they let us, let the children know that there was another option than Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, you got to get them, you know, totally indoctrinated. They, they weren't allowed to learn about other religions until, like, fifth grade. You don't want to give them choices. Oh, no, no. Was, no. It, was it a specific domina- de- denomination? Like, Actually, like Danny no. said she was getting confirmed. Like, was this it, just Christian? No, it wasn't or? a specific denomination. Um, m- vast majority of them were Lutheran. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, very strong like fundamentalist yeah. Lutherans who believed in all sorts of crazy stuff and we had like the Christian science books uh-huh. oh. yeah yeah oh. oh my god oh my god those were fun <laughs> oh boy like 
did you know that all scientists theories about the moons exist like the moon (laughs) could not have been created by natural phenomena the only reason it exists is because in revelation we know that god will darken the moon so that we know that it is time to be taken up to heaven in the rapture like that was in the science book (laughs) oh my god so so i also grew up with a very catholic family so like around my i would say between first communion and confirmation which is like a long span of years but it was in that age range was the first time that i saw life of brian and (laughs) and my dad was not happy about it because like he was one of those which like when the movie came out where they said like how could you say you're not talking about jesus but the whole like first 30 seconds of the movie Jesus is giving Sermon on the Mount, and you literally pan away from Jesus to yeah. go focus on Brian and everyone else. So it's not like you're following <laughs> his character in, in any the, way. In the 70s when it came out, it was marketed as uh, yeah. so good it was banned in Norway. Because yeah. back then, Norway still had serious blasphemy laws, right. and it wasn't allowed to be played. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing about that is there was like a thing on like BBC or something when the movie came out. John Cleese and... Um, Oh, who was the other one that was on there? Um, it was one of the other Pythons. I can't remember. And um, two people from the Church of England hmm? had a televised debate. Oh, my God. And they, the two, it was like a bishop, I think, and then maybe another teacher or something like that. And um, they were talking about how they were arguing that this movie was about Jesus and you were talking about Jesus and all this stuff. Oh, it was Michael Palin. John Cleese and Michael Palin. So they both were making their point that it's not about Jesus. You're you're literally panning away from Jesus in the first ten seconds, and like all of this it's stuff. It's about a guy who's mistaken for Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And so these two um, people that they were debating, they kept saying how like they were talking about the. Um, the cure of leprosy and all this stuff and yeah so i just thought it was super funny that this was televised yeah here's a good and i think that that terry jones and 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 graham chap will no doubt disagree with me but i think that the the crucifixion thing at the end is not about pain yeah the crucifixion was a huge deal death and they are very separate so what's your beef my beef is that there are one or two close-ups of one or two people registering pain. And I think that that confuses what the last thing's about. Because, I mean, one's not really making fun of the fact that someone has been flayed to this flesh, hung down and then nailed up. The point of that last thing is it's about death. You know, it's about attitudes to death. And it's quite possible to be relatively cheery about death. Quite possible. Yeah. So this was filmed in 1979. Well, for the moment, gentlemen, thank you very much. But I think we ought to see another clip from the... No, please. <laughs> Stay where you are. We're going to see a second clip from the film, and after that we'll be joined by two gentlemen who don't normally review movies, but who this evening went to see it on our behalf. Okay, yeah, so the two guys were through the Church of England. This was in 1979, right after the movie came out, and there was already a bunch of flack in cities around Britain that were very into... It. The, and I don't remember this part, but now that I'm re-watching this... There was definitely, there was a huge deal about, like, you guys are making fun of crucifixion because the end of the yeah, movie ends yeah. with them all dancing yeah. on crucifixes. Oh, 
And so crucify, I don't know, crucifix I. Cheer up, Brian. Cheer up, Brian. So that <laughs> was like a huge deal. Right. And so they were talking about how you were making fun of this and all of these oh, like yeah, miracles and all this no. stuff. And I, the first time I saw the debate, I was much older. So it was after our confirmation. And I kind of had this discussion with my my um, grandmother, who was, like, a very strict, like, Irish Catholic, like, instilled for generations type person. And I said, like, you know, I find it interesting that, like, some people don't think that God has a sense of humor. Like, do you really think this <laughs> any of this would have happened and he wouldn't have, like, smited someone at this point or something? Like, there's no way, right? And she was like, yeah, I don't think the debate's, like, really that like they're they're probably in the wrong but also like it's not good and i was like well you either liked the movie or you didn't you can't really be like well i mean you could like parts of the movie right and not other parts but like do you know I mean, what i mean like you can't yeah. go into the movie and be like those people debating it were wrong but also this movie is wrong like mm. i guess you could be in the middle but i that to me her way of wording it didn't really sound like it was in the middle. It was just, like, mm. this weird, like, floating, oh. you know? Well, yeah, well, most people don't want to deal with it. Right. Because you know? you're, you're working yourself into a, a corner if you're trying to discuss, like, religion and, you know, what's right and what's wrong, especially when it comes to, like, the lines drawn by comedy, which are <laughs> deliberately right. kind of squiggly because that's the point of it. Right. You know? Yeah, you don't know the line until you cross it, until you hear the crowd, like, Ooh. Yeah, then you're like, oh. okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it also depends on the crowd, too. It's like, mm. part of you're like nervous about any, doing any stand-up around here, because it's like, ah, college campus, they have no sense of humor, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's shit, true, like, though, yeah. And I mean, like, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't just mean, like, in stand-up situations. Like, I... Um, you know, I tried to get, like, all involved with the LGBT stuff on campus here. Oh, me too. And uh, I, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, I, I don't yeah. think that's just the group for me. But me um, I ended up going, you know, to a trans group elsewhere. And, I, you know, I was, like, a little, a little disillusioned walking in, I'll admit. But then they started cracking jokes. I was like, laughter's allowed here? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> this isn't just somber people crying about how, you know, they were someone was mean to them sometimes. No, like, everyone's able to make light of themselves sometimes. Yeah, really. It was amazing. I was like, why is it college campus yeah. like this? We're all privileged-ass people so paying thousands of dollars for school. Right. Can't we fucking laugh? Yeah, you nope. have to. No, nope, we can't. You gotta, laughter is so important for... For learning too, and you know, learning how to improve yourself, such yeah, as it's great I don't know, for the psyche. Yeah, you know. it's great for everything. It helps you learn. It, it helps. It literally helps your brain. Yeah, and there's helps like a question. bunch of yeah. there's a bunch of professional comedians who won't come to colleges anymore because they don't want to um, have a joke and then have them like never be able to work again because some uh, one yeah. person out of ten thousand people in the crowd were offended. Like, mm. Yeah, and they, they wrote about it on their blog somewhere. Comedy has gone too far. Yeah. You know? It, <laughs> yeah. No, no it hasn't. And I think especially, like, not to always draw back to this, but I think, like, in our current political climate, I think it's interesting, especially with, like, the late-night talk shows, how you can go so far without yeah. getting in trouble. 
now as supposed to like if it was a different even i would say even in bush's era i don't think you could have gotten as far as you can now but because so much has happened like even recently with like the dossier with like the or the quote-unquote pp tape as everyone calls it (laughs) or um like the investigations for russia and stuff because so much stuff has happened like there's no point in not having there's no point in having a line anymore because those lines have been yeah because those lines Mm -hmm. have been drawn out by the own administration so what's the point of the comic avoiding a line you know yeah and the lines are always changing too like i was listening to um when Columbus Day rolled around, I was like, oh my god, I, I remember Flip Wilson in the 60s talking about Columbus in one of his shows. Yeah. So when I watched that clip again, I was like, this shit is hilarious, but if he said this nowadays, oh, yeah. oh my god, like, that would have been bad. <laughs> okay, really so, bad. like, speaking of this, this is something I was kind of thinking about, I'd like to get an opinion on. So, I was probably about a month ago. Um, Stephen Colbert had Jerry Seinfeld on his show, and they were talking about um, Bill Cosby. Oh, boy. And Colbert said that, like, granted, we said that, like, Cosby was a revolutionary comedian. Yeah. There's no question about that. Like, a bunch of African-American comics were inspired by him. Like, there's no question about that. Mm -hmm. But Colbert asked Seinfeld, now that all of these women have come out and things like that can you still listen to his comedy and seinfeld says yes because i separate the comedy from the situation i was about to say that's the smartest thing to do right and then colbert said but you're still giving him like you're still giving him the fame and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so is that really separating it so they were kind of talking about it and i think it's very interesting thing like do you separate it do you not separate it like how how do people deal with that because like for me I, I liked Bill Cosby's comedy, but it wasn't, like, one guy that I would listen to all the time. So it wasn't really a problem for me to stop listening to him. Yeah. But, like, if if it came out that, like, I don't know, like, an ultra-famous, like, if it was, like, Steve Martin or some, like, mm. crazy huge guy, like, would you separate it? I don't know. Well, like, I used to listen to Cosby all the time. Like, we had him on VHS, and we you know, watched his stand-ups a lot. Right. And, uh, yeah, like, he definitely was revolutionary as far as comedy is concerned. I mean, I think he, um, with the Cosby show, he actually had uh, sociologists look at the scripts to make sure that there were no negative portrayals of black people in his show. Like, he went a little extra to be a nice guy about some stuff. Uh And I'm like, I I can't really... um, well, first of all, I don't, I don't pay for shit anyway, so it's like, you know, people are like, oh, how, how can you listen to that? Or how can you listen to that music or that comedy? You're giving money to people who are misogynist or blah, blah, I'm mm-hmm. like, you you pay for your music? You really do? You, you asshole. <laughs> Get with the program. Like, Please no no one pays for, for that podcast. shit no more. I'm just saying. But, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, if uh, anyone wants to donate. Yeah, um, volunteer donation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pay us. <laughs> Please. I think we're all fairly good people. I haven't completed all the background checks yet, but um, we all could be you know. working for Russia at this point. No one would know the difference. Despotania. <laughs> but also, there's like, I mean, we give, we have uh, like so many concessions when it comes to anything. You know, the companies that we buy stuff from, they do right. horrible shit yeah. all the time. But nah, eh, we want the deals, mm-hmm. or you know, like 
freaking any sort of anything that's maybe a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like you and R, we pay way too much money for something that technically should be free. Right. But yeah, you know, we love that college life, so let's you know let's do this, um, and let's just be fine with it. And we we offer that sort of like. Um, Oh yeah, there's a bad side to this, but still, I'm gonna enjoy the good. We do that all the why time. You try to rationalize. Yeah. It? Well, it's, why it's, is it whenever it's, it's like a big issue, like something big in the news that we all should be offended about? Why is that the point where we're like, oh no, my morality won't let me, you know, get involved with that? It's like, oh, right, grand. Because people are inherently lazy, and that's not necessarily always right. a bad thing until you keep it from, you know, standing up for things you actually believe in in your community mm -hmm. first and foremost and it's just it, you're kind of submitting you know it, you can't people don't feel like they can fight these big companies and you know there's right. i mean what are we gonna do like go make our own school that's right. nuts right yeah. like or, who would ever we... think about making their own <laughs> school where you know like people pay to had a fraction of the cost and right. more retention and yeah. professors who were treated fairly, students who were treated fairly, like, what? Yeah. Who would have who such would an idea? That? Anyway. Or like, you know, like Disney, you know, every now and again you hear about one of their yeah. sweatshops burning down and a bunch of little brown kids dying. And everyone's like, hey, Disney is like on a college campus. Why does everyone worship Disney when they're right. like the pinnacle of corporate corruption? Mm hmm and just, you know, bending the rules to suit their own interests, you know, like extending the copyrights on shit like Mickey Mouse that can't co become yeah, co public Steve domain. Yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, Disney's so corrupt, but at the same time, like, as much as I hate the company, I can still look at what they produce and be like, yeah, okay, I want to consume that, fine. <laughs> right. I think, and I think especially, like, people just assume that stuff doesn't happen in, like, the comedy world. They're like, oh, comedians are like, like, everyone thinks comedians are depressed. Like, all the time, which I'm not saying that's not true. It's but, more common, yeah. But there's plenty of comedians out there that have not suffered from depression or whatever. Like, And everyone just assumes, like, they're, like, okay, you two people can definitely agree with me on this. If you tell someone that you've done stand-up comedy before or sketch comedy or any other kind of comedy and you're just sitting, like, next to a person. You're not even, like, at a bar or anything. You're just having a conversation with one person, and you say, oh, I've done some stand-up comedy or whatever. Oh, they go, oh, can you tell me a joke? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. right. It's sort of... Let me just pull it out of my ear. Yeah, it's like... sort of like saying, oh, I, I speak Turkish. You know, I, I had yeah. a friend who was like, yeah, I'm fluent in Turkish. And everyone is automatically like, oh, speak, speak, uh, say something in... Yeah. Like Turkish language. Perform like, say a for curse us, word. Yes, perform. Yeah. They always say, say <laughs> oh, a curse yeah. word in that foreign language. It's like, yeah. no, but a lot okay. Of, a lot of people do that with a lot, everything, you know. Yeah, um, well, like, I don't I mean, go up to a poet and be like, can you write a poem right now? Yeah. Like, you know See, what I, mean? I would love that. That's like a tension I would love. Be like, yeah. yes, I shall compose a poem for you. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, like I, a painter. I, I, Can you yeah. just stop what you're doing yeah. right now on the street and paint me a canvas oh, right annoying. here, right now? Like, yeah, people who perform. I, I mean, we don't we don't really treat each other very nicely, and I think that's one of the big roots of a lot of these problems, these corporate problems, these things in the news. You know, we we've kind of lost the ability to get back to the. I guess, grassroots way of talking with each other and right. just going face-to-face -face and putting down our phones and, you know, when you're not hiding behind a screen, number one, it's a lot easier to talk to each other. 
hence why this is not a video or i mean it's a lot harder (laughs) harder to talk with each other yeah yeah and it's maybe even a dying art yeah right now i'm happy that we're not doing that we're we're trying to what are we trying to do Trying to make people <laughs> laugh through airwaves. Kind, kind of. Uh, oh man, Th- yeah. There's. You just told me to be here, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much stuff to just be depressed about, and comedy yeah. helps. Oh God, yes. Comedy helps. You know, it helps deliver a message. Oh yeah. It mm-hmm. helps your brain be open to things. It, yeah. It yeah, helps open the door for that little bit of nihilism. It's like, yeah, yeah. it matters, but at the same time, you gotta it with a grain of salt like yeah. your own your own human experience you almost got to take with a grain of salt yeah and, like comedy is i for me specifically stand-up comedy is one of those things like i don't public speak i don't do speeches or anything and i'm every single time i do a gig i'm always afraid to go on stage like i always start like flop sweating and having seizures and like like freaking out you know and then when you're done with the set even if you get like a clap you still, once you get off the stage, you're like, I'm going to do that again next Thursday night with half the audience. Nice. Everyone's going to hate me, but I'll get one clap and then I'll do it the next week. Like, nice. anytime there's, like, some sort of clap or some sort of, like, acceptance, for some reason, comedy's weird that way, you know? Like, even in I sketch mean, comedy, brutal. like, or, like, a funny book, like, if someone laughs at that page, you're like, I made it! Like, <laughs> this is amazing! Like, um... Yeah. I think it was Seinfeld said that comedy is the one thing where, like, you don't have to take a class for it and someone already calls you a comedian. Like, no one calls you a doctor before you go through med school. Thankfully. Yeah, but, like, a comedian, (laughs) like, you could barely get on stage and they're like, you're a comedian. Yeah. Which is a lot of weight to carry around. Like, I always hate, like, if someone's like, oh, you've done stand-up comedy, you're a comedian, and I'm like, I feel like I need to earn the title, but there is no title, so, like... I feel it's that way with any form of art, you know? I mean, like, as soon as you're putting pen to paper, you're an artist. Yeah. Right. Or as soon as you're finger painting some shit, that's that's art. You make an art, you're an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's something to be said, too, about... Sorry, I interrupted you. But uh, are you doing it because you want... Um, are, it, there's a difference between doing it solely for the claps or doing it solely for the money or right. in whatever art form. And then there's, you know, like you're saying, when you get one person to clap, you're like, okay, I connected with a human. And, like, I'm I'm an artist. I've been trying to sell my art and handmade jewelry and whatever mm-hmm. for a big chunk of my life. Right. And, you know, a lot of it is really grueling. And mm-hmm. you have to you have to put up with a lot of stuff and a lot of people just being rude like what the what mm-hmm. the hell is this junk like like i would i would wire wrap keys for mm-hmm. example and you know like you'd have comments like how are you supposed to open a door with all this crap on it and it's just like <laughs> a lot of it is funny too but when you have that one person who engages with you in your art or your comedy mm-hmm. and they like you know just i got it a new asshole yeah, it, yeah. yeah you know like mm-hmm. it's that makes it worth it. And that yeah. one connection where you make something oh, special for someone or... I was thinking of the negative feedback. <laughs> yeah. I used to do... Because um, I think I mentioned this while we were off the thing, but um, with the sewing and everything like that, I used to make cosplays and, oh. uh, like, 
plush people merchandise. For sure, uh-huh. pay for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I used nice. to make like a couple hundred dollars in a weekend doing conventions in Vegas, That's just cool. selling oh, merchandise. Yeah. You know. I lived the vendor life myself. The it's vendor really life interesting. stuff. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, some people are just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And other people are like, oh, what, did you sew this with your feet? What the fuck is wrong with you? you know? <laughs> right. Oh, man, I had this guy come into um, our tent at, uh, when we were doing, I think it was a renaissance fair. And he was just, like, looking around at all our stuff and all our, like, my handmade jewelry and stuff. And he's like, so all this is handmade, yeah? I'm like, Yeah. He's like handmade by someone. It's just like Im- implying that like I got it all from China or something, and it's just clearly, you know, if you know anything about fashion jewelry and stuff, it's obviously not. Like, oh my god, just ridiculous stuff. And I find it interesting that food's not that way. Like, food's an art, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's someone slaving over your yeah. dinner at a restaurant or whatever, and especially like a nice restaurant, they make it look really cool. But, like, if you go to a nice restaurant, it doesn't even have to be, like, a Michelin star restaurant. If you just go to, like, a nice pub and they give you, like, a really nice-looking plate of food, you're not like, oh, did someone in, like, China make that? And yeah. then you unfroze it? Yeah. You're like, you don't ask people that. No I asked that at Fazoli's, <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> that's negative, man. Oh, man. And, by the way, sorry, this is a little off topic, but Michelin... Tires and food? What? Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, so the star rating for restaurants, they're Michelin stars. So, like, who had the tire brand and called it Michelin tires? Like, where, why did they get that? That's the last name. Right. Are they the same people? I don't think so. But, like, also, how are they the same? Like, what are the odds that two different things are called the same thing? It doesn't make sense I mean... I mean, I took three years of culinary, like and I should know that. But if you know the answer, listener, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. shoot shoot me an email. Uh, do we have a comedy? Uh, we do specific email address. Um, yeah, it's... that's question of the week. You win. <laughs> yeah. You win what nothing you win? if you. In- well, we'll, no, we'll make up a like a cheap ass prize. If you well, we don't have to ship us... it to them, so yeah, we're not paying no, for no, shipping. No, 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 it'd be a cheap prize, <laughs> like like a like a like a shout out. Or a bad do a ringtone for no one that we for know you specifically <laughs> on our next podcast or something like that. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll tailor you a joke or a pun. Yeah, if you can if you can tell us about uh, something we could easily Google, but the, don't yeah. want to the Nevada Nugget at gmail Yes, the, the comedy club's email. Why, so why Nugget? E- I know, right? Like, email email the Nevada Nugget at gmail.com. Is that all spelled out, lowercase? Yeah, all lowercase. Okay, and Nevada spelled out. Yeah, so if you guys know that it's Nevada. Nevada, not Nevada. Yeah. Nevada. 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 Yeah. Nevada. It's Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your last name's DeRosa. Mm-hmm. My mom, one of her last names is DeRoja. DeRoja. So guess, guess who outranks you now oh. <laughs> on the pronunciation of Spanish words. Oh, mine's actually Italian. Yeah. Mean. Yeah, DeRosa's Italian, DeRoja's not. They're both Latin-based. Yeah. <laughs> My mother is uh, Simonetti de Roja. So. That's very... It's gotta that's be... quite Italian. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I, get, I get called... Spanish a lot. Everyone pronounces my name De La Rosa. Oh my god. I don't know why. I, I don't mm. get it. Because they're like, oh. Just throwing some extra words. Of the Rose. De La Rosa. De Rosa's like, a town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's mm. go with that. I went, to, <laughs> I went to a Starbucks once 
and it was like really crowded so it was really loud and i don't speak very loud like it's just not i don't hit that decibel and they asked what my name was to put it on the cup and i said vivian like three times and then when i got the cup it said livy on it and i was like (laughs) I don't really think Aww. they sound the same, but it's definitely what I ordered. So if there's a Livy here, it's mine now. Mm. For some reason, like, whenever people ask my name, I always have a pause because I've got so many. Mm. And I'm like, eh, which one? You know? Oh, and I hate that. my list of names when that you, I should pick through. When today. you're like going yeah, through all exactly. your passports and, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah, which, yeah, who am I going to be? through all like the, the list of aliases, <laughs> like every name I've ever had since I was like born. And I'm like, Nah, I I just have like the Starbucks name. I just tell him it's Jim. Jim <laughs> is like that name when other people don't actually need to know your name. Just tell me your name. Jim. Yeah, I mean you just all call can, him but... John Doe. My name is John Doe. You're oh like okay. <laughs> that freaking name. It's on all the examples and everything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm more of a James Dean person. I think. James Dean. Coleman I got like. Sorry. I mean, my name's not super like. But my <laughs> what? Never mind. <laughs> I missed that. I, I, yeah, that was a tangent. Um, my brain took it. Never mind. Please go ahead. So like, my last name is Basque, but like my my first name and middle name aren't like super like cultural in any way. But they all can be spelled like different ways. So like Vivian can be spelled three different ways, hmm. and then my middle name's Lynn, which could be spelled like a possible uh, like impossible amount of ways. And then the last name Ugaldi, I'm pretty sure no one knows how to spell. What is it? So Ugaldi. Ugaldi. U G A L D I. Close. It's an E at the end. Mm. Yeah, but like, if we get like junk mail or whatever, right? And it's always like a Y, and there's like extra letters in there. It's like I'm pretty sure I was cursed with the most misspelled <laughs> possibilities. Okay, but still, like, I have a name. I have had names and have a name that is like the easiest shit to spell in the world. Like originally. <laughs> It was Christine Hansen, mm-hmm. and now it's Christopher Hansen. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Christine Hansen. I have, to this day, still never had a yearbook that spelled my name right. Is it is it T-I or is it... C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I'd been Christian. I'd been Kristen. <laughs> I'd, yeah, like Christine with a K. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd been like Christy. Oh, and stuff so like weird. that. Like they could never ever get it right. And then <laughs> same thing with like Christopher or even just Chris. It's like so weird. On the program, I, I was freaking valedictorian and I had a speech <laughs> oh. and they misspelled my name oh. on the program. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It, it, it's good to <sighs> end this the same way I started. Misspelled <laughs> and underappreciated. Oh. <laughs> I, I've been called Daniil before. Ooh. I was traveling around the Midwest. It was just like, Daniel. hi, my name's uh, Danny. And they're like, oh, is that from Danielle? I'm like, yep. I'm like, oh, how's it going, D- Daniil? I'm like, what? <laughs> wait, how did we get here? <laughs> there was two kids in my graduating class, and one was named Dominique. Oh. And then the other one was named Dominic. Ah, uh, yes. And every time Dominique. one of them, yeah, every time one of them got called to the office, usually Dominique would be called Dominic. And I'm like, that poor girl. Like, <laughs> that poor girl. And even the latter, like, Dominic being called Dominique. My First of sister. all, you're going to have two people going to the office. Oh. And then also, it's just like, 
thanks for that. Like, yeah. My sister always had issues with that. She, her, Starbucks spellings of her name are always are fascinating. <laughs> we look forward to it because it's just people have such a hard time spelling Dominique. Mm-hmm. You know, we get um, D O M I N I Q. No, they forget the Q. Like, it's usually a K E E oh, yeah. Dominique or something. <laughs> like, just she's probably got like twenty different spellings of her name. <laughs> Oh my god. I so I played golf when I was in high school. And our coach's first name was Phil. And we went to an like a some fast food place. I don't remember. I mean if I say Jack in the Box they might sponsor us, but um Jack in the Box <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> Um so we went to a fast food place listed here. <laughs> And I just got like a bunch of bad Jack in the Box puns in my head, and I'm like, if they want to be sponsored, I better keep my mouth fucking shut. So, <laughs> so we went to this like fast food place on the way home, and the um, cashier would write the name of the person on the bottom of the receipt, so that they could call your name, and then you'd you'd have a copy with your mm. name on it too. And our coach's first name was Phil. Like, that's the easiest name, you know. There's really only one way to spell it. Like, it's P-H-I-L, right? So he orders his thing, and he comes back, and we're all standing there waiting. And we were kind of making jokes, because she had misspelled, like, most of our names. So we were like, oh, look at what she did to mine, like, all this stuff. (laughs) So he just casually comes over to our table and has his receipt and just, like, slaps it on the table. And he's like, try this one on for size. (laughs) And we flip the receipt over, and it says F. E-L. So fell. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way that any human has been named Fell. Like, there's no way. First of all, even if he was named Fell, it'd be with two L's. Oh my god. Like, there's no way. <laughs> I get to see that with an accent over the E, like, Fell. <laughs> Hello, Fell, I have your order here. <laughs> When I was a, when I was a kid, I used to think that like uh, the name Jim was short for like Jimothy. <laughs> Isn't it? And same thing with like <laughs> Phil. I was like Philium. <laughs> <laughs> what else would it be? Because um, they what is Phil short for? Like Philbert. Philip. F- Philip. Yeah. Okay. Philbert. <laughs> why was why did Philbert come before Philip? Because comedians. Yeah. Because brains. That's why. Yes. <laughs> Phil, Philharmonic. Philharmonic. That was actually the first thing that came to my head, and I was like, that ain't a name. I'm going to, if I have a kid, that's yeah, going to be his I, name I was now. just thinking his that. His full Phil name Har- will be Philharmonic, that's but amazing. he will go by Phil, and no one will know that his full name is Philharmonic. <laughs> he, could, he could also go by Nick for short. That's cool. Philharmonic. Yeah, you're right. Dang. Or I think we just created, Harman. I think we just yeah. created the name. perfect name, guys. Yeah. Three uh, names. Anyone having a baby in the next few months, name your kid Philharmonic. Yes. Gender neutral. Is it really? Phil, yeah, Phyllis, right? Yeah. That's yeah. a... Yeah. Yeah. Phyllis. See, I just associate just the, the person from The Office, uh, oh, Phyllis. Phyllis? Yeah. yeah. That's true. Oh. It's done. I'm almost done with this. Oh, my gosh. We've podcasted for almost an entire scarf. No. <laughs> You've podcasted... For approximately five inches of scarf. Five inches. Yeah. You know, five inches is uh, what we've accomplished. It's not the size, it's how you use it. Yeah. 
You know, the width of yeah. this is actually very substantial. <laughs> yeah, this so, is a substantial width um, there to you know, that scarf. A lot of people do say the width is what matters. <laughs> and I, w- I would be tempted to agree. Well, thank you for listening to Pahahahadcast. Yeah. I hope you have chuckled or at Should least not bashed your head into a wall too many Should times. And this was like a fun, like. Wait, is, is this the first one? Or is it... This is like two or three. We're oh. such experienced podcasters, we don't even know what number episode we're on, guys. It's okay. I, it's not the number. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the number that matters. <laughs> It's the length. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so before we get into any other innuendos, is there anything that we need to plug? <laughs> I'm so mature. <laughs> oh. Whatever. God damn it. In other words, <laughs> I shouldn't make that. No, Danny okay. hyperventilates in the corner. <laughs> is there like. Is anyone doing, like, stand-up shows or, like, is anything coming mm-hmm. out that I, I we need to promote? Going on. I got, comedy Club? I got work. I ain't got nothing. Uh, Wolfpack Comedy Club. You guys can check, check out our Facebook page at the Wolfpack Comedy Club. Um, our website. Yeah, meetings on Thursdays, usually at 7. Um, it's in the Raggio building. Right. Um, oh, what, shit, what's the room have, number? It's usually 2008, but it tends to change so i would kind of just if you um if you want to get into comedy club um hit up my email at uh ugaldivian at gmail.com all lowercase um how do they spell that again (laughs) uh u-g-a-l-d-e-v-i-v-i-a-n-e at gmail.com um if you guys want to check out our website it's all lowercase it's www.thenevadanuggetblog.wordpress.com um and we have a youtube channel which is also linked on our website so check that stuff out uh if we have a show coming up we'll let you guys know um i'm sure you'll hear from many other people because we try to send the word out to every person on campus ever um i don't think there's really anything else for us to plug so think yeah thanks for listening uh feel free to shoot us an email if you want us to talk about something or you have uh suggestions for us or or like someone maybe there's someone on campus that we you guys like really want us to interview yeah like a professor or something that we can get in here that'd be super fun or a local comedian or or yeah something just let us know yeah we need we need fans and fan mail so. We don't need fans. <laughs> We're pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> we do that for the one person's clap. <laughs> or wait. The, the one, one person. <laughs> That's how we should end the podcast every time. Just <laughs> just one. Yeah, one slow clap. Just like <laughs> <laughs>